0: Sister I find you and the shoes and moving are great and being a no. The sign system is everywhere you go.
1: We did it. We did it. We were recording uh, the room sound for about a minute and it felt like being on timeout.
0: <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm gonna mean, timeout time. a lot.
1: I had to hold my hand on my mouth so I don't talk for a minute, which is <laughs> tells you a little bit about how it is. That's I
0: funny. That's my happy place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Design System Office Hours Podcast. How are you, PJ?
0: I'm good. I'm good.
1: Uh, hopefully, our, our topic. Uh, let's keep the thing going. Let's keep it going. Uh, years one to two uh, for design systems and keeping it mild, <laughs> keeping it uh, low key, not uh, not really rocking the boat too much. But uh, last time on, on the previous episode, we talked about zero through one, the first year of design systems and talked about buy in from leadership, establishing design language. <laughs> And then PJ even went as far as talking about trying to go even further beyond that to really try to document how patterns may fit and work together for for future purposes, but also trying to from a very simplified atomic fashion really try to go farther back and explain how we got here, why things are, and really try to set ourselves in you know the best, the, the best with the best foot forward. So with that, uh, going into year one, uh, one to two, uh, let's talk about uh, how how that journey has been been for
0: SPJ. Why don't you start? Um, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear because you've had two recent journeys. So I'd love to hear what it's been like for you.
1: Yeah, uh, I I think I, I've been very much focused on the component library side uh, for uh, in in both of my both of my jobs. The documentation, unfortunately, when we were at Disney, fell by the wayside. So like as, as much as we want to be able to turn all the knobs, uh, the metaphorical knobs, uh, at the same time, we were really able to crank and get buy-in on working on the component library side. The documentation side, as much as we wanted to do that initially, it was a, a lot of documentation in in line, uh, possibly either inside the files itself, or uh, unfortunately, uh, institutional knowledge that uh, may or may not have been knowledge transferred when um, I I had left. I I tried my best to, uh, but it was really difficult uh, when you don't turn the documentation not very early on, because when we hit the conversation about years three and four, um, you really forget about why things uh, were when you first started. Like we, you really, you may forget about why certain type ramps may be a certain way, or why we were so lax on adding um, typefaces, uh, spacing guidelines, etc. Uh, so uh, we've we've been very much focused at Disney on on that end, on the meta meta side, working on my uh, business design system. There was more intention around turning all the knobs at one time, but it was very much, I see an issue with doing a turn, let's say on component library, then not coming back to it within a reasonable amount of time, doing a big turn on documentation and then not coming back to it for maybe six to nine months. And that may be problematic when you're an organization that may try to change uh, fairly rapidly.
0: These things are, I'm gonna go back in a way back machine uh, and I'm not gonna name names because that's never a good good thing to do. But I do remember I was having, having a conversation with one of the leaders of a company, and we were discussing, talking about improving the performance of the product. And the way it was pitched was, all right, we want to give you three months to make our app perform well. Uh, it was, and it was a literal checkbox of like perf- performance done. <laughs> and it was like, that was one of the, those, one of the, 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 the points where I, I, I had concern because, uh, I would say similar to building out components and documentation, you do not do the performance and then, and then you're done with it. It is a constant focus that you are, you are building into your process you're constantly maintaining within the product it's a it's a way of doing the work it's not a task to be completed so a lot of the things within systems are that same thing where i get weary when i hear all right we're gonna we're gonna surge on this work and then we'll be done and then we'll move on to the next thing and there aren't there are definitely things within systems that that are one and done but there aren't as many as folks think. And so you don't just do the documentation and move on or do the components move on. It's a constant vetting and tending of those touch points. And so it makes me laugh because I I remember that. And, and that has been a, you know, an area that's been a frequent point of conversation that this is a continual perpetual investment. I know that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes, but, uh, you know the, the risk is even higher if you stop investing in it, because at that point, you you run the risk of losing all the value that you gain from investing to begin with.
1: Yeah, the, the good news is if you've made it through the year and your initiative is still going, then you're likely to continue for another year, because uh, you've most likely been able to gather evidence on what you've done, whether that's improved performance you know, <laughs> or uh, whatever OKRs, whatever metrics that you, that you tie into. It, it might even be um, designer happiness or engineering happiness. If you've dialed up any sentiment, uh, that might be uh, very good for you. And that this goes back to our episode about feedback. It, it would be a good spot to start talking to whomever is uh, consumers of the system and surveying them to see... Uh, if they've met what you believe the baseline would be. So does your your, your component libraries meet whatever the baseline would be for year one documentation? And in my case, if we've established that documentation did not meet the baseline, let's see how in the next six months to get it up to whatever that uh, table stakes baseline would be. And it would be great at this point also to see how engineers uh, may be using this in, in addition to, uh, designers, uh, but this would also be a time to not, not, not to jam this in for year one, but try to start planning around whom might be other customers of your system. Would it be content design, research, motion design, and really start planting the seeds and meeting with those folks and really trying to get more advocates because, uh, even though we did talk about buy-in from leadership upfront, it's an that's that's another ongoing. I don't want to say struggle; it's an ongoing battle uh, to continue to get buy-in, okay, continue to uh, keep and retain headcount, or even grow headcount. That's been a very tough one for us uh, going through year one.
0: Yeah, it's funny, I and I think everyone's going to have a different journey through this, but. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of year one, all right, great. You get buy-in from leadership. I would, I would argue to say probably in the following year, now you got to start getting more explicit buy-in from the folks using it. Uh, it's really easy to have folks, yeah, to- I'll, I'll totally use it. That is a very easy thing to have someone say, but how much are they using it? How quickly do they hit the exit? How bought in are they into a systems mindset towards product development? And then what are the incentives to ensure that folks continue to work in that way and are financially incentivized to work that way? Um, that's been a big area of interest from my end at Pinterest is in trying to f- ensure that the incentive in, incentives for employees are aligned with working with the system if we are basically saying hey you want that promo don't use the system people ain't going to use the system so that's been a key area that we've been trying to focus in on is to ensure that the roles that everyone plays by lead towards a, a nice healthy relationship between the design system and the customers that we're hoping will use it
1: yeah, this works really well at the end of the the first year also. It's like if you're starting to prep for goals for the next next half, this would be a very good time to start talking to cross-functional partners and trying to assess how they could utilize this and get them involved in the goal writing process. As uh, foreign as that may sound uh, <laughs> from a, a, a product designer, if you could get... Buy-in for goals from cross-functional teams and get them to write uh, supporting goals for you. Like the part of the job is already done. So
0: I think that's what's so fun about systems is that they are they can be so expansive. Never in my time as a designer would I even consider thinking about well, what's the how do we define the expectations of design and engineering, and how can we design that in a way to where it's more aligned with the goals of, of company strategy and, and, and use of the design system because it is so baked. It can be so baked into the DNA of how the work is done. There's so many areas that, that influence the success or failure of it. And therefore you really can start to delve into areas that are completely new and, and really at the atomic level of a, of a company which is super fun. If you just want to build components, maybe not for you. But if if you really if you're more interested in the broad definition of systems, I just find it fascinating on a day-to-day basis.
1: This this would also be a good time if you haven't started this previously to do more outreach with designers via say something like office hours or attending uh Design team demos or shareouts and that sort of thing, and really uh, try to extend a hand uh, to see how you could codify uh, a new pattern, and really be be open and be out there to experiment with with other designers. And I think once you get get out there, uh, get get your feet wet, and express that you're you're looking to codify uh, another designer's patterns, and really try to help them scale something more broadly. Uh, like you said, PJ, I think that's where you start building a good, goodwill, and you continue to do this a handful of times across multiple teams, then you're going to get a a sort of a built-in advocate program, uh, for you.
0: Yeah. And how do you do that without overextending yourself? I think that's the big, the big challenge is, is there's this constant chicken and egg. You want to, um, you want to have people use it. So you got to go out, and meet people where they're at, but you also have to have something to meet someone where they're at. And so that will, at least for myself, that has been a a constant correction, you know, micro corrections to make sure that we're not overextending more than we should. Sometimes you do have to overextend and, 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 and risk it. Hopefully most of the times you don't. And so that's the real, that's been the challenge for me is, is, how risky do you get? How safe do you get? What are When you do take a big swing, is it the right time? Is it for the right reasons? Um, what's your plan B? Uh, it's super, super fun, but, but that's, the, that's the general challenge. You want to support everyone. You want to cover as much of the product as, as possible, but that takes time. And um, hopefully that first year you're able to chip away and and build a fairly strong foundation to get there but sometimes it takes longer than that and so um if so what do you do like how do you how do you build the plane while you're flying it which is never a fun thing to do but sometimes it's necessary
1: yeah that's the nature of systems right once you get to a certain point and uh, going into year one you may be establishing team goals or for the system or for your your team and you're going to want to try to say yes to people, but then you're really going to want to try to time box it also. Uh, it, this would be possibly the time, I would say, between years two and three, where you do extend a, a little bit more than you you might uh, be comfortable doing uh, just to get yourself off the ground, but you're going to have to say no at, at some point. And it, there's, there's going to be, I would say, really... A really good practice uh, if you were able to document the partners that you're working with the different types of workshops or tasks that you're looking to pair with and really document on a granular level uh what is the level of support that you've been doing so then you could really then you know in in the back half of the year understand Oh, this is what a small contribution may look like. Uh, a medium contribution, or this may be uh, what a large contribution. If I were to embed myself into this team and help get them get them off the ground, and really trying to understand what is a level of effort, and you'd be able to better understand why you can't do something, and really articulate uh, to leadership.
0: Yeah, and that's. I think that's the big. That's the important thing is being able to articulate why and how saying no here feeds into a, into long-term success for everyone else and doing so in a way to where it's heard and understood as well as possible, because you are likely going to be saying no a lot of times. Um, And that, you know, people understandably don't enjoy hearing that. So it's just, how do you, under promise, over deliver, and and don't become the no team or the no person while doing so.
1: Yeah, the there might be a little bit of a hesitancy towards task tracking. Yeah, I I understand that, but it will help you in terms of advocating for you helping this other this other partner, and and also like we mentioned before, headcount as well. If you're able to document. Uh, this is, the, this is the work that our team is able to do this half. But if we get another person, this is the amount of work. I'm opening my arms wide. This is the amount of work that we're able to do if we get another uh, headcount or if we get a contractor to help us for six to nine months. Um, that is something to note as well. Uh, you may have uh, design leadership at this point saying, we want you to accelerate XYZ, why don't we get a couple contractors in and I would recommend being very mindful of what you have contractors come in and do because there is a extreme cost on recruiting uh contingent workers freelancers um, and managing them as well and the quality I would say uh, for the most part widely varies between um certain contractors and uh, full-time employees.
0: I don't think headcount is the magic solution. I think it's, I say that while I am actively asking for headcount, <laughs> but but I, I will say that, that if you grow too fast, there's the whole growing pains thing. It's a, you know, we all know about it. It's a real thing. Um, and, and I think we would be silly to think that we're immune to that. There's, A lot of work to grow a team you know with new people there comes new relationships um personal relationships but professional relationships relationships in terms of who does what responsibilities um now all of a sudden you have more people that you have to coordinate the work with uh make sure that it all fits together well so it's it's not as simple as just adding more people every everything's going to be okay um and so that's the other challenge is how quickly do you ramp up with the right you know who are the right people what are the right skills what's the sequence how does it all fit together um, what happens if you don't get the head count it's yeah it's a little bit more complicated than just grow the team and win it's as i think everyone understands and i think that's why if you're really good at at, at utilizing a, an existing team as as well as humanly possible get that well-optimized, hopefully in, in the first year or two, then I think you're in a good place to figure out how do you grow, how much, what are the skill gaps, and so you're growing with a level of intentionality to where you you have a higher degree of confidence that that growth is going to lead to better outcomes as opposed to just more stuff that you have to deal with and, and potentially manage more chaos.
1: You did bring up a good point about using existing, existing resources. One thing also to be mindful of is when you're, when you're first starting out in the first year, there might be people that are very gung-ho to, to help out. How can I help? The design managers might be throwing resources at you. Uh, be mindful about how you could utilize them because it may not be that you're going to want them to come and build components with you, uh, straight up, but there's other ways to contribute, whether it's uh, helping extend patterns, uh, maybe using, uh, using what you have as a playground to try to see where, where these product designers can continue to go. We had issues at Disney when design managers had asked us to take on designers to come, come help us because we need headcount. Why don't we just utilize these designers? Uh, and when you're, Utilizing product designers that uh, aren't necessarily systems thinkers, having them build components may not be the best the best way to go. But having them do other other things uh, that may uh, be helpful and really trying to help us expand our knowledge about different features, I think would be a better better way to go.
0: Absolutely, there there's. I don't think it's beneficial to have a design org full of systems thinkers. I'm not suggesting everyone needs to be systems thinkers, but you definitely want systems thinkers on a systems design team. It's, I don't know. I'm not a rocket scientist here, but it just, so you make sure that the folks that are coming on are going to be a net positive. Cause I mean, think about it this way. You bring in all these people, it falls to shit. And then leadership saying, Hey, you got all these people and you weren't able to do it. You know, we gave you all the headcount you needed, and so it's you know, it's almost like you have to look a gift horse in the mouth and be really certain that these are the right folks for the team at, the, you know, at, at this time to accomplish the things that you need to accomplish. And so that might mean being a little picky and saying, oh, we need these kinds of folks to, to do the work.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, it's almost like asking, let's say, Oh, we have a bunch of back-end engineers that are free. Let's uh, put them on a front end team. They're engineers, right, PJ? Yeah,
0: yeah. Or be really, or be prepared to do a lot of mentorship if they're if they're open to it. I mean, God forbid <laughs> they think system design is dumb. That's going to be a hard. That's going to be a long. It's going to be a long road. But if you know, you, if you have strong mentors on the team. And can get people up to speed that's another option but that's more work Um, so you know you're not fully utilized on developing the system now you're developing the team to develop the system so that has to be taken into consideration there's there's no easy wins that's that's a challenge
1: a plus on this team let's imagine year one of this team is made up of senior senior level designers this is a great opportunity if you're looking to mentor to really be able to move yourself into a, a lead position and, and showcase that you're able to mentor, uh, but also collaborate across uh, cross-functionally with other other partners and really demonstrate that systems can really expand uh, wider than uh, some, some may think. And the, the impact can be uh, exponential once you start mentoring and getting advocates on your side.
0: How how much advocacy have you been doing at at uh, at Meta and, and Disney?
1: At Meta, it's 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 much harder to uh, at the scale. Like I think just because there's a lot more the designers. I want to I want to assume I know the amount of designers that our system supports, but it's hundreds of of designers. We have eight designers on our team right now, so not really as um, humanly possible to reach out to each individual designer and have a one-on-one with them. But we try to do that via office hours and have people sign up. And whenever they do engage with questions about pattern usage, we try to jump on that within a day. I would say that's the SLA for us uh, responding. And usually uh, more than one designer on our team responds because we would like to tag each other uh, in and out of things. At, At Disney, when we were in probably year two or three, if anyone had a question, one of us would just jump on jump on Zoom and talk to you for 30 minutes to really try to jam on it. And we would do that um, with different, different feature teams. And the good thing is for the teams that had uh, higher touch points with us early on, they became uh, extreme advocates. Uh, They're also teams that as we had transitioned from Sketch to Figma, we're really able to help adapt and build alongside and really utilize our uh, core components to build their own uh, feature-specific one. And we saw them as really good advocates to bring other designers into uh, office hours as well. So it's easy to do if you're supporting, I would say, less than 50 designers, it's reasonable uh, to go around and even talk to them for 15 minutes a piece over the course of like six months. But there's some number, I don't know what that number is. Maybe it's over a hundred product designers. It becomes more difficult at that scale.
0: If you had the option to, to hire folks from outside or to mentor internally and bring them onto the team, which one would you choose?
1: Oh, that's a really that's a really good one. I thought you were gonna go a different route. Uh, <laughs> um, hire from the outside or mentor mentor internal, like uh, you're saying, like mentor internal Meta employees that may want to be systems designers and to possibly bring them on full time. The, lad- the ladder, the um, ladder, only because there's any of something like there's less than ten design systems at at Meta, but there's more than five. If you've worked with any one of them, you understand more or less how we like to build things as, a, as an organization. You understand from a props perspective how, how things may work. You might not be able to do all the all the stuff in Figma, but that's we're not, we're not too concerned about that because you could figure that out uh, pretty quickly with us. There's a lot of institutional knowledge that if you've utilized any one of the systems here before, then you should be able to be able to get off the ground running. And even if you were a product designer looking to do more systems, systems design, we, we've had a a few instances of that on our team and jumping in, I would say within the first two months, you're, you're, you're up to speed and you're, you're, you're jamming. And I, I wouldn't be able to say the same thing if it was an external hire, uh, because you're still, out of the first month getting out of onboarding, really trying to understand the business. Um, you might be using the tools and building stuff in a playground uh, fashion, but you may not be able to get there, but I, I would, I would prefer internal.
0: Which is like the whole, we're going to lose half, half our audience of 12, but this is kind of like with baseball. Do you bring in free agents or do you, do you grow, talent from the farm system um and it takes a long uh, growing from the farm system takes longer uh but theoretically it's gonna lead to better outcomes because you're able to they don't play baseball they play your style of baseball and the same thing with systems it's you know it's, just, it's like saying i speak a language okay which which language like everyone has a different point of view about how to approach systems within the context of their system and their company. If that person has been there for a long time, hopefully they're already bought into that point of view that philosophical approach. And so the nightmare scenario is you hire someone, you don't really get a good read as to what their philosophy is or, you know, hiring your, sometimes people say one thing and then it's, and then it's different. Um, and then it's, you know, month three or month two or whatever, you figure out, whoa, okay, we do not have a lot of philosophical alignment, which can work, you know, if you're find a way to make, you know, make those different opinions work together. And then sometimes it doesn't. The theoretically, the value is, you, you know, the folks, you know how they work. Uh, there's been, I'm assuming some level of philosophical buy-in or someone that thinks, you know what, I've I've seen everything they've done and I think I can do it better. I think there's ways to improve it and I'd like to improve it. That would be amazing. The, you know, the, the risk though, is that if they aren't, if they don't have a background in systems design, have you taken into account the mentorship that will need to occur to get them up to speed um, compared to someone that's been doing this for years and just kind of knows, knows the game. Um, It'd be a lot of fun, but but that's a lot of work in and of itself. Uh, and do you have the infrastructure within the team to build up that skill set to where they can, they can do everything that they need to do to, su- to succeed? Um, and, and getting
1: into year one, going towards year two, uh, your leadership team may wonder, uh, is, is this time to bring in someone to lead the team? Or do we... Like you said uh, bring someone up uh, homegrown i would prefer the latter because uh, that was my opportunity and i think many many folks should be able to get that opportunity uh, in my in my opinion it's an easy sell because you've you've been there you you understand the business you understand the constraints you've most likely been doing the work unfortunately of that role already so uh, help that that individual contributor grow into a, a design lead and then help them mentor the next person that is uh, looking to to come in and, you know, build off of uh, the systems thinking.
0: Yeah. If you do, if you do hire a leader externally, you, you better make sure that there's some kumbaya between the existing team. Uh, Cause that can go sour real, real fast. <laughs> I'm so excited to work with you. I don't, agree with any of the way you've done the work and we're going to change everything. But it's going to be a ton of fun. You just got to be real careful about that cuz that can get it can get ugly fast. Real ugly fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the scariest part about bringing someone in externally as a as a lead or a manager is that they're going to want to put their their stamp on it. For sure. That's what there, the design like uh the design leadership team is expecting them to do, um, and it may not be what the team needs. If you're just getting off the ground, and you've had some practices uh, that are uh, positive, and just be mindful uh, of what that may what that may feel for the the people that did not get the opportunity to continue to lead the work that they've been doing. So
0: I I firmly believe it can work. I've seen it work. My current boss, I would say, is a perfect example of that. She's she's great, and um, she's been an amazing addition to the team. But it doesn't change the fact that it can be risky, and so it's got got to be the right type of person with the right type of mindset to where there aren't some some serious like industrial grade bad vibes after after the hire is brought in.
1: And then just to tip the hat a little bit towards the next episode, which would be years two to three, listening and really trying to evaluate the situation is going to be a continual theme. So as new people come onto the team, new managers, new leads, uh, new super senior level designers, try to understand what the team is doing, ask questions, uh, really try to Shadow them as much as you can before you uh, start putting your, your stamp on things, because there's a lot of stuff that's already hopefully documented, so uh, very well thought through and can be explained and expressed verbally.
0: Yeah, that's where we're in year, about to en- enter year three. So that'll be interesting, because I'll be talking hypothetically <laughs> about well, what that can look like uh, based off of our experience at Pinterest
1: very cool well we've eclipsed 30 minutes so thank you pj for another great conversation looking forward to going to the future to talk about years two to three on the on the next one
0: thank you